Hello everyone, it is Sunday the 10th of September. This is episode 14 of the Jack Halford podcast. I am now in the studio. I am in the middle of a chaotic environment. I have just been painting for a couple of hours, trying to figure out how to get a good flow going in this particular painting. I'm thinking of artists like... Frank Bowling, his humongous, mahoosive canvases filled with brilliant colour landscapes. Colour landscapes, internal landscapes, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're fantastic. Also thinking of painters like Daniel Richter, who was inspired by punk. I like punk music, but I've been listening to 90s and 80s music a lot. 60s music in the car, Top of the Pops, 60s CDs. All of this media feeds into the work. You know, Friday, Friday was a great day. I was here all day painting. In the evening, I went to a strange Slovak sort of Czech uh, restaurant. They sold sausages, potatoes, schnitzel, goulash-eyed schnitzel. I was with my friend and then we went to a gig and sort of enjoyed that. A really good local band was playing. And then a screening of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is one of my favourite films all time, screened in the cinema. I'd never seen it in the cinema before and it was epic. So all of these things that I do, listening to music, watching films going to art exhibitions, talking to other artists, listening to other artists, thinking about art, thinking about life, contemplating life, doing introspection, writing, all of these things feed into the painting. Even when I'm, I'm making video art, I'm, I'm making this podcast, it all feeds into the painting. The painting is the main thing for me, I think. Everything else is an added supplementary thing that feeds into this so yeah strange i'm really liking not using black i'm limiting myself by not using black sometimes i'll use it in drawings but i've, I've decided i prefer prussian blue or in, in fact lately i've been using a purple that i've been making with um, crimson and uh, ultramarine. It's a really nice blue, a dark blue, and it really does give more depth. It can look flat, and I'm trying to figure that out by creating uh, contrasts by um, uh, using very bright colours next to the very dark colours and making sure there's a balance and there's not too much of that going on. It's very difficult, but it it's also not on being dramatic, You're calling these things fights, you know. It's not a fight, but uh, it kind of is. I mean, you know, I take this very seriously. I'm here all the time. I've just quit my job because it's a load of rubbish. I don't know how I could ever do anything else other than painting. That was a load of shite. Um, <laughs> two or three weeks. I think I've only ever lasted two or three weeks in any other thing I've ever tried. I thought it might supplement what I'm doing, but then I thought, you know what, this is a load of rubbish, I'd rather be here. So we'll have a go at this again. 
I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years now. Since I was 18, I left school. I just got a flat, used it as my studio. I moved back to Leicester, got this studio. And I've always just been painting. I've never really done anything else. And what allowed me to do that was the fact that I could claim certain things from the government because I've got a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome. Asperger's. Uh, which is actually really is a miracle for me because I, I don't think I could do anything else other than painting. It just drives me mad. I'm not very good at that, uh, keeping my cool, I don't think. You know, I've tried very, very hard. And I think reading philosophy and going to therapy and really writing a lot and coming up with coping mechanisms has helped. But, you know, if I'm not making stuff, if I'm not expressing myself, if I'm not consuming art and culture, I get very in my head. Uh, it's, it's a balance. You have to do stuff you don't want to do. And, but I do want to do stuff I don't want to do, and that's <laughs> so that I can cope, like the ice baths and the exercise and stuff. And that's also what the art's kind of about. There's a sort of kinetic uh, energy, fast, fast energetic people. I mean, like, when, when you've got a painting, you've got these figures moving in a place, they're static in a painting, but... When you're looking at it, hopefully you start to imagine the scene in your head. So that's why it's very important to paint a picture well. Because if you don't, it's stagnant and it's like musky and it's not in a good way. It's, it's shit is what it is. You have to paint a painting so that it helps. It's sort of like the starting point of a narrative in someone's head kind of thing. It's like, a, it's, it's to inspire thought. It's to make them imagine scenes in their head. Uh, but also a work in its own right, you can enjoy it. But to enjoy it, it has to be done well. And to do it well, you don't want to be thinking about anything else other than being in the, well, you don't want to be thinking in anything at all. It's a conversation that's very quiet that you have between yourself and the work and you need space to do that you need solitude to do that you need to keep yourself in a locked room and you need to drive yourself mad a little bit and make a good to make a good piece of work I think maybe that's a load of rubbish but I don't think it is it's simultaneously a piece of shite and not a piece of shite I just took my uh, slider off. I think sliders are rubbish compared to Crocs. I was wearing Crocs last week and I was way more productive in the studio. So I recommend buying Crocs, especially when for when you're at uh, work, if you're in a creative, if you're in a job where you're making things. Uh, unless you're on a building site, I suppose you have to, uh, I don't know if you get steel toe cap Crocs, but if, if there's anyone working at, Crocs listening to this, I think they should make some steel coat toe cap Crocs because, you know, I mean, shoes are prisons, man. Shoes are prisons. And I don't know if I believe that. I think I'm turning into a hippie, but I'm also a skeptic. I'm also right wing and hate that part of me. I don't think I am right wing. I think I've just been watching TikTok and sort of gone down this weird. <laughs> 
root in it, so I'm going to stop watching that. It's a load of rubbish, you know. I think I'm a libertarian, but also understand that without some kind of government intervention, without some kind of regulation, everyone would be fucked. You have to have health and safety, you have to have workers' rights, you know. If we had everyone going about doing what they want to do all the time, which is how I try to live my life, but still sort of be responsible enough to think about other people and not hurt them, well, we have to have that. We have to learn that, we have to teach that to people, but it needs to be written in law, doesn't it? Obviously, you've got rapists and fucking people going around shitting on the streets, you know, there needs to be order. There needs to be law and order. That's what Donald Trump said. What a brilliant man. A fantastic, tremendous man. Only joking. I'm sure he's a bit of a dickhead, but, uh, you know, he's also very, very funny. Just not if he's the President of the United States of America. But I think that Joe Biden, I think he's a bit of a sausage as well. I mean, he's too old, he doesn't know what's going on. Um, You know, is he even real? That's what I want to know. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Not real like, uh, not real like poets are. That was a little nail. Just, uh, just threw it on the ground. Yeah, not real like poets. I've got friends that are poets and musicians. Uh, and they're real. I mean, I think it's a load of wank. But it's not at the same time, is it? I think, yeah, being real, talking about things and trying to be descriptive about things, and then breaking it down and fragmenting it into something that flows really nicely. I also like the idea of maximalism, and I think that's where my painting's kind of heading, and I'm I'm not sure about that, I'm a bit uncomfortable about that, but apparently that's a good thing. According to David Bowie, he was like, you just need to be slightly uncomfortable doing what you're doing. Like There needs to be a slight, you know, unease. And then you're on something, you know. If you're very comfortable with what you're working on, then it's probably not going to be very exciting for people to look at. Let's be honest. There needs to be an apprehension. There needs to be a doubt, I think, if you want to make something fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot of times, some of the time I've shown work where I've poured my heart into it, there's, there's a really weird feeling because you've really opened up You've been vulnerable and you uh, you become a bit self-conscious. But people tend to like it because people like authenticity. People like like it when people are themselves. Um, sometimes, not in my job, I just quit because, uh, you know, I suppose it could affect uh, their profits, which I don't really give a shit about, to be honest. I care about, you know... Um, this talking about life and art. We're all gonna die. <laughs> We're all gonna fucking die in knobs. What the fuck are you all doing? If you have the means, even if you only have minimal means and you don't have the responsibility of looking after the children, if you're a single man or woman or whatever gender you wanna be, then um, you know, take the risk, quit the job, sacrifice being comfortable in order to do something important, which is to be yourself, be yourself, be yourself, be authentic and make something amazing. You know, whether that's starting a business of your own, whether that's creating art, 
music, poetry, a podcast, a TV show, a YouTube channel, birdhouses. I went to a a retrospective exhibition at the Pompidou Centre in Paris in 2013, the year after this artist died called Mark Kelly. It was fantastic. I spent hours in there. And uh, I bring that up because he made some birdhouses. These birdhouses were all white. I can't remember what they said on them. But, um, yeah, kind of comical birdhouses type of thing. And he also had some paintings up in there that were like... uh, Reminded me a bit like Daniel Richter. And also these micro-photographs I've been looking at of damaged cell tissue. That sort of very vibrance, otherworldly type of work. Psychedelic dreams. Dreamy. I mean, I look at a Salvador Dali and I'm like, I don't think anyone has the capacity to really dream like that. Apparently he didn't take drugs. He once said... I'm not, I don't take drugs. I am drugs. I'm sure he'd said it in a more sophisticated or theatrical way than that because that's, he was a bit of a, an actor, you know. But I think he was being himself to the extreme. He had a pet anteater, for goodness sake. His moustache was fantastic, by the way. Yeah, you know. I used to uh, think I was going to join the um, Handlebar Moustache Club here in uh, here in Britain, here in England, but uh, I started growing a beard, so I sort of gave that up. I might have to might have to join the club at some point when I get older. I think I'd look better with a grey Handlebar Moustache. Facial hair is something that that I've uh, I've grown. <laughs> And I like, I've grown to like the grown hair on my face. I like going to the barbers. It's a trip, you know. I go there every so often. I I like to get a wet shave. It's part of my self-care. Now, self-care is a bit of a sort of a wanky thing, isn't it? But also not, you know. What is self-care? Self-care is looking after yourself financially. It's looking after yourself, cleaning yourself, cleaning your house, it's looking after your mind by exercising and uh, journaling and it's socialising. But it's also going to the barbers and I like going to the barbers because I like the way that the artistry, the way that they um, cut my hair, they do the skin fades and they use like a, a straight razor. A straight razor? Cutthroat razor? To, to really get the sharpness of it. And they're, they're really good at it. I always say, if your barber doesn't speak English, then he's going to be doing a better job. I think the uh, the barbers from the Middle East are probably the best, like around the Mediterranean. They, uh, they are really good. So, uh, yeah. Always go to a Turkish barber in my village. Very, very good. And another thing about my village is that it's... A nice place. And you you notice that more if you get up early or you go out late because there's no one around. 
there's no one around and there's lots of beautiful parks and walks and wooded areas and roads and in the winter it's all foggy and mysterious and when the snow's covering these fields it's sort of magical in a way and in the summer everyone's happy because the sun's out they're outside cafes talking everyone's got a smile on their face but in the winter in the day everyone looks a bit more miserable unless they're having a drink of alcohol which isn't something i would uh I would say it's a good idea if you do it in the, in the wrong way, if you abuse it, if you use it as a crutch. But I think it can enhance enhance the um, the experiences sometimes. So I, uh, I do partake in the drink sometimes. Yes. I'm actually wearing a very floral shirt right now. It's orange. Um, my friend, who I've met, met up recently with I met her at an exhibition she's really cool good artist uh, sculptor uh, video artist uh, reader writer all round curious stimulating individual very cool uh, I lent this her and we um, we both wore floral sort of Hawaiian shirts to go and see Hunter S. Thompson uh, film well, Hunter S. Thompson was played by Johnny Depp, who was called Raoul Duke in that, of course. But as we all know, that was just his like alter ego in the book. And yeah, there's some differences between the book and the film. And one weird thing I noticed is that they don't, it doesn't say that he was wearing a Pendleton shirt when he's in the bathroom with uh, with another man sniffing on his sleeve. He says... I'm in a woolen shirt or something along those lines, but it's like little things like that you notice. And I, I never noticed before as well that Hunter S. Thompson is actually in one of the scenes. He is actually in the film, uh, I think, in the casino. So watch out for that if you watch it. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but um, I think that's all I've got to say now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going to do one of these and again uh, next Sunday. Going to try and start having guests. I think I'm going to be doing a bit of drawing with my friend Daniel. Daniel Goodwin, very good artist. Um, he once went to the Netherlands and made a film of him. He made the film by um, attaching a GoPro camera to his head. And I think he had a harmonica in his mouth. And he was just running around the Netherlands with a harmonica in his mouth filming it now if that's not art i don't know what is but that's the kind of stuff i like to see so anyway enjoy everyone your week and um yeah i'll I'll, uh, I'll be doing another one of these in about a week I'll see you later